Hello and welcome to the Happy Balance Pod for women who want to start living happier and more fulfilled lives. Our aim is to inspire you to find and choose moments of joy every single day. We are your hosts and hype girls. I'm Em, a movement specialist with an obsession for all things health. I'm an avid traveler and adventurer with a thirst to suck the experience out of life. And I want to help you do the same. And I'm Jules, a mum, wife, business owner and leadership coach with a passion for understanding people, building connections and inspiring women to become the most confident and authentic versions of themselves. You'll hear from incredible women who are creating beautiful, balanced lives and helping others along the way. Let's do this. Hello and welcome back to the Happy Balance Pod. If you had a chance to listen to last week's episode where we had Justine Misson from Dream Cave Photography, if you didn't get to listen to it, I highly recommend you head back because we've got her back again this week and she has got some amazing insights to share. We loved having Justine last week and she took us kind of behind the scenes of what it's like being a wedding photographer and capturing moments of joy at weddings. So if you haven't had a listen, go back and listen into that. But this week's episode is more about her business and how she went from working in a shearing shed, not really loving life and loving her job to picking up a camera and making a kick-ass business out of it. So whether you are a business owner or someone who's wanting to make that jump into starting your own business or just someone who is looking to do what they love every day. I'm sure you're going to get a lot of insights, inspiration, and just a lot of laughs out of listening to this episode. So let us know what you think. Uh, We hope you have a lot of fun listening to this. Alrighty. I want to take us back, Justine, to the first time we met. So as we said, you were our wedding photographer. Mm -hmm. We had just got engaged and we were looking at different photographers in the area in the Grampians and I reached out to you you were under a different name just mm-hmm. under justinemisson.com or something so normal <laughs> so normal <laughs> uh, and we met in a little cafe in Ararat do you yes. remember yeah we're at Forages yeah. yeah shout out to Forages so I think you were the first um, wedding photographer we met and we came along and I just loved your vibe and you brought us a bottle of local <laughs> wine which was a total tick for us <laughs> Uh, and you were just so excited, so passionate, and you I think you just started out. We yeah. got this epic package where you were just like, and this is included, and this is included, and this is included. Take me home. <laughs> and it wasn't even about the cost or anything for us at the time, although the value that you kept adding was amazing. But Daniel and I just walked out of that cafe like she's our girl. Like we just <laughs> really vibed with you so confident you were so passionate and I think that's when you were just starting out yeah take us back to that Justine oh my gosh and where you've got now were you actually confident in that moment oh my god no I was like I remember going to that meeting to meet you guys for the first time just thinking just fake it till you make it just fake it till you make it you've got this because it's so funny I remember um someone that you work with who was a friend of mine she was like oh I know these people they're getting married and their wedding sounds really cool and I recommended you and I was like oh that that sounds awesome thank you and then you guys reached out and I was like this is the wedding and it sounded so cool it was like pretty much everything I wanted to do because I I just shot a couple of friends weddings I booked a couple but none like they were awesome I loved them all but this was like you know you guys had the flowers and the marquee and you guys it was like it was going to be amazing I just knew it was going to be amazing 
And I met you guys, and I remember, I'm pretty sure I was pretty pregnant at the time as well. Yeah, yeah. 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 I remember I felt awful. <laughs> um, but I was so excited, and I just, I really, really wanted you guys to book me. I was like, please just don't come across as desperate, don't be clingy. <laughs> <It's> like, just... <laughs> and when you messaged me, and I think he said, um, you said your partner said that I wasn't what he expected or something. Like he thought it, I'd be like some lame person and that photographers were all like, you know, boring or that was the gist of it anyway. Yeah. And I was like, yes. <laughs> I mean, I was so stoked when yeah. you guys locked it down. Uh, yeah. I felt like that. I don't know. It was like one of those turning points. I was like, I book cool weddings now. You do. Awesome. <laughs> was. But tell me more about the confidence thing. Oh then. So when did the confidence grow or do you feel confident now? Yeah, I do. There's still moments where I'm like, oh shit <laughs> I, hope, I hope this is going to turn out okay like you know I, as a wedding photographer you can't really plan for weather or lighting or anything like that you kind of just have to shoot on the run so that that would always really scare me going into different situations but I think I've seen most things now I still you know still get thrown a few curveballs but I'm really good at adapting I think um, otherwise there's no way I'd be able to do this job because it's just continuously changing um, but yeah, at the time I was like, you know, I've got, I've got everything at my fingertips to, to learn pretty mm-hmm. much. Like there's Google and it's like, I've got my phone here. Like if I need anything, like there were times like in the early days of shooting weddings, I'm like, Oh, you know, I don't know how to like shoot in this certain scenario. Like I'll Google it really quickly. And it's fine. Like everything always works out. And like, I know my shit now. It's fine. I um, hope I can swear on this podcast. Fantastic. Um, yeah, but I don't know. I guess I'm I'm coming up to shooting my 100th wedding. It's awesome. So, yeah. Congratulations. Yeah, well, thank you. Not that, like, I don't generally keep count of them all, but, <laughs> you know, they're not just numbers. Yeah. But I was like, I wonder how many weddings I've shot now because I do. I feel really like I know what I'm doing. But, yeah, there was definitely a time when I would be up at night just, like, freaking out about, oh, it's going to rain at this wedding. I don't know how to deal with this situation. But it's fine. Now it rains at, like, every second one. So, yeah. <laughs> so what, what were some of the things that really kept you up at night? Were they all things that you couldn't control or were there yes. things that you could control? <laughs> Absolutely things I couldn't control. I am a bit of a control freak by nature. I'm working on it. Um, but, yeah, just – Definitely weather, like that really freaked me out to begin with. Like it's not the most fun shooting in like really harsh sunlight. Um, you can't like work all the different angles, but now I don't know, I've done it so many times now and it always turns out fine. And I'm like, okay, I don't know why like photographers hate this so much, because like it's fine. I'm I'm a wizard. <laughs> I can shoot in, in any scenario pretty much. Um, but yeah, it was the things I couldn't control. Like I was scared, like, you know, oh what if they're like their groomsmen don't want to do stuff for the photos. Like, what if they think I'm a loser or something? I'm like, oh, who cares if they think I'm a loser? Like, I'll just, I'll mock them relentlessly until they comply. Like, it's fine. (laughs) Been there, done that now. But yeah, definitely the things I couldn't control. And overcoming them, was it just a matter of like practice and going through it and doing it? Or did you have to step away from the work and actually, as you said, go and Google things and learn and and figure it out, make a plan, or you just kind of winged it until you felt comfortable with it? Yeah, it was a little bit of both, really. Like, because, you know, because I am a control freak, I do – I try to learn as much as I can about something. Like, there's so many great resources for photographers out there. There's, like, a million Facebook groups, and I've got so many photographer friends now. We've all, like, shared stories, and I don't know. I've just – 
I don't feel alone, I guess, which is really great, but I'm very hands-on as well. So just getting in and doing it and knowing that, you know, sometimes people don't want their photo taken and that's okay. Like just give them some space and, like I said, mock them a little bit until I get what I need from them because, you know, like they're not they're not who I'm shooting for. I'm shooting for the couples. So, yeah. yeah so yeah. true. So you make it sound like it's been pretty easy, smooth sailing with a few bumps on the road. Is that <laughs> – actually the case um it's all been really fun I think it's definitely a roller coaster though like I don't know just I guess navigating the whole world of running your own business and stuff it's pretty scary it's like you know you finally get things off the ground and then you're like oh crap like I actually need a website and um I need to like learn how to actually do social media rather than (laughs) just like randomly posting like I don't know trying to come up with a strategy or whatever um that's been a real learning curve I think but I don't know. It seems to be working, but there's always something new. Like, you know, all of a sudden the government's like, oh, you're making money now. So you need to figure out how to pay GST and do all these things. And just, I don't know, it's a whole thing, but the actual like doing photography side of things and working with people, like I, I've loved every single bit of it. You mentioned earlier, you were a wool castle. So working (laughs) in shearing sheds. Uh Then you went off and had your baby. Do you remember, like, starting a business is such a big thing, not just practically, but actually building yourself up to, I'm going to do this, like, my income is dependent on what I do now. Mm -hmm. Take us back to that moment. Can you remember, was there a moment or a turning point where you were like, stop it, I'm just going to do this and give it a go and it it needs to work? Yes. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I do remember. Um, I think my baby, uh, she must have been about, I don't know, three months old or something, and I'd taken paid parental leave through the government and that was about to come to an end and I was like, I really, really don't want to go to work. Um, and then just like randomly someone was like, Oh, my granddaughter's getting married and she needs a photographer. And I know that you like taking photos. And I was like, okay. Yeah. I was like, I guess, you know, I can shoot that wedding. That'll be fine. And then I was like, hang on. It was like a light bulb went off and I was like, people make money doing that. I was like, I could make money doing that. And then, yeah, I was like, well, I'm going to go all in pretty much because I don't want to go back to work for a guy again mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah that it all awesome. just happened there what were the first few steps you took to make that leap um I think one of the first things I did it's so funny now um thinking of it like oh my gosh I'm so broke back then <laughs> but I had this like crappy little camera it was my husband's um and it just had like a kit lens and so if you're not a photographer it, it you know it's just one that you you buy at the shop it comes attached to the camera pretty much and it's not a good lens um so I needed to get a new one and, you know, my camera was like so cheap and so like amateur. The lenses for that camera, they were really cheap, but the one I needed was $300. And now that's like, my God, the lenses I'm buying are like two and a half thousand. <laughs> it's insane. But at the time, like, I couldn't afford that. And making that investment was really scary. Um, I'm pretty sure, like, yeah, we had bills due or whatever. And I was like, I'm doing it. I'm buying a lens. And then I... <laughs> I put like a um, a post in, I think it was Facebook, I can't remember what it was then, like the buy, swap and sell groups. I don't think they're as popular anymore, but I put a post in there um, and I was like, oh, I'll take photos for like 50 bucks at the gardens on this day. And so many people came and the photos were shit. <laughs> <laughs> Look at them now. Shout out to those guys. <laughs> so they were awesome, but I was not. 
Um, but I thought it was amazing. So I was like, okay, this is cool. Like people are actually giving me money. And then I found out like how much photographers can actually make. And I was like, I'm going to do that. It's going to be me. I'm going to make six figures doing this. And yeah, just like got stuck in, found as much education as I could. And yeah, just like spent my whole life on YouTube pretty much for months. And you invested in a business coach. Tell Mm -hmm. us about that. Yeah, so that was that was when COVID started. So I'd been shooting for, gosh, it was about, I don't know, just over a year, I think, um, and I was pretty invested. I'd already shot, like, I'd shot a couple of, like, pretty fun weddings, and I knew I was really good. Like, I knew I could go into a wedding, and even if it wasn't, like, the most aesthetically beautiful, like, high-end wedding, I knew I could make it look really awesome, Um and then, yeah, like there was this guy I'd been following. I'd seen his photos in like a few wedding magazines and stuff. I'm like, just absolutely incredible. Like I was like, oh, imagine being able to take photos like that and shoot weddings like that. That would be so cool. Then when COVID hit, he came out with education. Um, he's like, you know, this is what I did in my very first year of photography to make six figures. And I'm going to like give you guys the blueprint pretty much. And I was like, I need it. I'm having it. Um, he held a workshop and he's like, this is how much it is. And I was like, okay, this is all the money I have for bills, but I am going to spend it on this instead. And oh my gosh, literally within like a week of the course launching, just from what I've learned, I don't know if it's like the universe or something, but like the money just came back instantly. Um, just from, yeah, just learning. And actually, I don't know, I think like investing in myself, like believing that I can actually do it. So, yeah, it's pretty cool. That's awesome. And it obviously made you like get into action to do things. Like yes. you, you watch YouTube and you learn things and quite often because you haven't made that investment in yourself, you don't follow through with it. Yeah. But you've put money into mm-hmm. it so you're like, I'm going to do it. Yeah, yeah. It's I, yeah. I had back. skin in the game. So, yeah. yeah, I was ready to make it work. That's awesome. And you obviously have a very supportive husband who yes. sort of lets you take these leaps <laughs> who I understand is your business partner. Yes, he is. How yeah. do you manage that relationship, personal and professional and, yeah? Yeah, it's funny sometimes. Like when he first came in, I thought he was going to have like a much bigger role in the business. Um, he does videos for us, but he's more like – he is my partner legally, like in the business sense, business partner. Um, but he just does the videos and editing. Like he is not getting like behind the camera to do Instagram stories or like he's not sending the emails and all that kind of thing. Like I'm doing all of the other stuff to keep things ticking along. Um, and I think for starters, I was like really bummed about that because I thought we we're going to be like, you know, this, we we're going to be like Beyonce and Jay-Z pretty much. <laughs> um, but that's just not him. And I couldn't force him to be that person. So, um, yeah, that's been interesting. We're still navigating a lot. Um, even though he's been part of it now for, it's been two years now, I think two years in November since he quit his job and came along with me. But yeah, we're still, I don't know, we're still making it work, but I don't know. He just... It's weird how he just believes in me. Like I have these crazy ideas and I'm like, oh, I don't know if this is going to work or not. And this is really scary, but like it, it'll be fun at least. And he's like, yeah, just do it. See what happens. And yeah, that's, yeah, that's <laughs> it's really, really helpful. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. I think we all need someone just to believe in us, don't we? Yes. Whether that is your partner or your best mate or, you know, Em and I call each other hype girls because yeah. we just genuinely believe in people yes. and believe in women kicking ass and just doing what they love. And that's part of what this podcast is all about, yeah. is seeing people like you who have 
gone from being a wool classer, which you know you obviously weren't enjoying at the time mm. good on you if you were but you really had a passion to do something else and yeah. make a change and instead of just kind of going along with it um because it was paying the bills you you took a leap of faith and yeah and trusted in yourself and did something that is now you know your passion and something yeah. that you absolutely love doing absolutely I think I made the decision that like I would rather be happy and poor then <laughs> then have yeah. money and just be absolutely miserable doing a job I hated. Yeah. That's awesome. If you were to speak to yourself back when you first started, when you were still a wool classer, what advice would you give to yourself like when you were thinking about making this leap or Oh my gosh. What are you <laughs> that's I don't know, that's such a weird thought. I might get emotional about it. <laughs> um, I don't know, just that I don't know ignore like all those external voices and like anyone that was ever like you can't do this and you know because there there was so much of that like I had a lot of people who didn't really believe that people could go and do what they wanted it just I, I wasn't seeing people do it either which I think it really didn't help so I guess just like listening to that inner voice that was saying like there is more but you just have to get out of your comfort zone um yeah, I think that would be it. Just like it's okay to get out of your comfort zone. Do you think those external critics, and I know some of it from what you've told us might be just your inner critic mm-hmm. as well. Yeah. But for those external critics or people maybe not believing in you or saying that it's not possible, do you think some of that is that they're maybe too scared to make that leap 100%. or you know, not necessarily a jealous thing but just so comfortable in their day-to-day that when they see people taking a risk or taking a chance or doing what they really love that it's like maybe a bit of them would love to do that as well yeah um but they can't they can't see that for themselves or what you know they're, they're putting up blockers for themselves yeah I think that absolutely um one thing that I've really I've done so much mindset work and that kind of thing and one thing I've really learned is like when people are criticizing you or whatever it's usually they're not usually criticizing you exactly like it's something within them that they need to work on or that's yeah, yeah. <laughs> and you're triggering them so <laughs> yeah. yeah and you've got a couple of kids as yeah. well as this business and like you've said you could probably work 60 hours a week <laughs> you just love what you do so yeah. much but how do you find balance like what does balance look like for you um in terms of your relationship friendships other hobbies if you have other hobbies how do you kind of um, find a balance that suits you and your family? Yeah, it's funny. Um, it's It could be. <laughs> it's definitely not the answer that people want, I don't think. But I've just decided that balance is a load of crap, <laughs> or it is for me anyway. Um, I try, I don't know, I try to, I don't know, experience like everything that I do, like really give it 100%. It's hard to do that, obviously, when you've got kids and a business and a partner and you've got all of these other things. But like, I just, like, I want my partner to know that like he's got 100% of my time. I want my kids to know that I've got 100% of my time. I also want my clients to know that as well, which can spread you pretty thin at times. Um, But I just, I don't know, wherever I see something that, you know, I know like, oh, you know, I haven't gone on a date with my husband for like two weeks or something. I really need to put some time into that. Um, I don't know. It's, <laughs> it's not the best, but it seems to be working for me. Like, I don't know. I just do what needs to be done, I think. And sometimes that might mean I've got to stay up a bit later than I want to. Um, 
But then there's other times where I'm like, you know, I really can't be bothered working today, so I don't. Like, mm-hmm. I just try to do what feels good and what feels right, and so far, so good. So, Have you got to that point in your business where you've realised you are putting too much energy, too much time, whatever it is, and you need to pull back a bit? And yes. how have you – yeah? <laughs> 100%. Um, back in February this year um, – we try to only book so many weddings um, a month. So, you know, we'd you know, ideally like to have a weekend off every month so we can go and spend some time with the fam or just, like, relax or whatever. But COVID happened. <laughs> and for some reason, so many of our clients were just like, well, we're just going to get married in February. <laughs> it was absolutely nuts. So I think we had 12 weddings, which, I mean, there's only four Saturdays. Yeah. <laughs> That's crazy. That's so we were shooting, like, like some weekends we were doing like Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and it was just too much. But we were like, you know, we can make an exception for this. Like this isn't normal and this isn't what it's going to be like all the time. So we'll accommodate these people. Like this is the only day they can get all of their vendors to line up. We'll just get in and we'll smash it out. But then we sort of got midway through March and the backlog was insane. We traveled. Oh, I did calculate it. It was something ridiculous. I can't even remember, but like it, it had just been so much. Even just thinking about it now, like, makes me feel exhausted. It was just yeah. so much peopling. <laughs> and then, you know, you've got to go home and you've got to you, – that's when the real work starts is yeah, after the wedding. Yeah, yeah, it's huge. Um, so, yeah, that was that was way too intense. I wouldn't recommend shooting 12 weddings in a month. <laughs> no, <sure. laughs> Just FYI. <laughs> there. Um, so that obviously was quite exhausting. Yeah. How did you manage that? Did you take a month off afterwards? I mean, well, obviously you can't <laughs> if you've got to edit it. But yeah. what changes did you make mm-hmm. to your lifestyle there to actually still be able to give yeah. your husband, your kids, and your clients 100% of yeah. you? I outsourced so much stuff. Like once I kind of realized, like I looked at how much money I'd spent on Uber Eats that month and I was just like, oh, my God. <laughs> This is really bad and also explains why I feel awful. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, I was like, okay, right, all right, we're getting HelloFresh, we're getting a cleaner, we're getting a gardener. Like, I just – I outsourced everything. I found, like, as much, like, automation software as I could find to help me in the back end of my business. And um, I set, like, a schedule, which is not something I've ever really done. Like, if someone was to send me, um, like, an inquiry in the middle of the night – and I saw it, I'd be like, of course I'll reply at 2am, which is stupid. Like no one needs to do that. No one expects you to do that. Um, so now I'm like, okay, well, these are the hours that I talk to people because I'm pretty introverted. I think a lot of people think I'm really extra, but I'm actually not. Like um, I like one-on-one stuff and, you know, just hanging in small groups. But um, I don't like to do heaps and heaps of people in like every day um, all through the week. So now I'm like, okay, well, I'm only going to meet clients on these specific days and it's going to be on my terms. I'm not going to drive to crazy faraway places to meet them because I would do that. They're like, yeah, we're getting married. Like when the others catch up for a beer and I'm like, okay, I'll be there. Like, no, <laughs> it's ridiculous to drive like several hours just to catch up for a coffee when we have zoom now and everyone can use it because COVID. Um, so yeah, just really setting boundaries, I think. And I found since doing that, everything's ticked along better. Like I feel like people respect my time more and they don't expect me to respond straight away. Um, and it's awesome. So yeah. 
and you're respecting your time and your value as well yeah so I think from experience of working with you before you know you love to give your clients so much value and that's one of the things that sort of separates you from a you know out of the box photographer so to speak you know you'll you'll do this and you'll go the extra mile but but also recognizing that you don't have to do that at the detriment Mm -hmm. to your own well-being and health and people only expect you to reply at 2am if you keep replying yes so it's actually okay you know to leave it a couple of days and if it is urgent people will send you a text and you'll give them a call so yeah I think that boundary thing is so important yes Mm -hmm. it's been everything it's changed my life so what would be I guess your biggest learning from you know your experience in business like what would you give what advice would you give to people standing there at that cliff ready to take the leap of faith into their own business yeah definitely play the long game I feel like people go in and they're like oh if I put some stuff on Instagram and you know let people know like if if I build it they will come like that's a saying right and it's so not true like pretty much everything that can be done has been done so you really you need to stand out you need to be patient um, which really sucks because I don't know you just kind of expect people to come in and like oh you know I have this service, people need it. I have this product, people need it. Like you really, really have to strategize and just know that if you just, if you do it enough, if you're repetitive enough and you have a strategy and if you believe in it, like it will work out, but it's probably not going to happen overnight. Mm, Great advice. Amazing. And that's probably a perfect place to end. Yeah. Um, Thank you so much, Justine, for coming on the podcast. We have loved learning not only about your business and how you manage things but also having a bit of a sneaky insight onto weddings and what brings joy to couples and people at weddings so yeah we've loved having you on and we might have you back in the studio another day sweet thanks for having me it's been awesome Thanks for tuning in. If you like this episode, please hit subscribe and give us a review. Stay in touch with us. You can find M over at Move With Emergy or Jules at Hello People Co. Until next time, choose joy.